Carrying a cross It's the least I can do He carried one for me I can carry one too Down the darkest road I'll never get lost Following the light Burning in the night I'm carrying Howdy everybody, Cable Smith Welcoming each and every one of you Into episode 126 Of Justified Pursuit It's great to be here And it is good to see My uh, partner in crime The good counselor, Chisholm Cook How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. It's got Good. some real rain over the weekend. The Guadalupe's flowing a little better. Sunny outside. Planted some plants on Mother's Day. Um, yeah, almost Good. summertime. Life's good. I miss my. Uh, I mean, we planted some plants in like pots and stuff, but I usually do a garden, and I missed the window this year because my back was just wasn't having it. So I didn't get my jalapenos or any of my Havasu hot peppers, banana peppers, none of it. None of it got planted. The only thing that's there is the residual mint that comes back every year, much to my chagrin. <laughs> so if anyone wants a uh, mojito or what are the things they drink at the Kentucky Derby? Um, a uh, Mint julep. Yeah, julep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got plenty of that, but that's all I got. So on that. But good okay. for you. How's your garden? Did you plant a garden or just plants? Just flowering plants. No, I I, I built a spectacular little garden. Um, the year we got back from our last New Mexico elk hunt, mm-hmm. uh, and we planted it that winter with some winter greens, kale and uh, shard. Kale and had a stunningly gorgeous garden. And then Rabbit the food. next spring, we planted some other stuff that the deer eight uh and no matter what sort of ridiculous contraptions we concocted to keep them out of it wasn't working and so there is an insane uh volume of weed-like vegetation although there's also some um purple verbena there's some flowers growing in it Uh Um, but i do have some hog paneling uh now uh that at some point i just need to get unlazy and uh, affixed to my fence to raise the fence to keep the dam, the dam, you know, hooved foot uh, rats out of my garden and we'll replant it. Maybe this is an interesting way to refer to the animals that we like to hunt so much. It's been like, half yeah, I mean, my point is I would love to just slaughter them. <laughs> like, well, I would I love to... what the uh, legality of, I should probably know this based off of my real job, but of shooting hooved rats with a bb gun is it's interesting that you asked that in our neighborhood you can legally take a deer with an air rifle i have a neighbor who has done so you know they make those badass like 40 and 45 oh, yeah. and 50, 50 caliber air rifles Dude, right keith warren a long time uh, outdoor show host shot a cape yeah. buffalo with an air gun really yeah 50 cal crazy yeah, shot a cape buffalo with it and the ribs are in the head no, not in the head. No. Well, so we don't technically live in Bulverde city limits. We live in what's called the extraterritorial jurisdiction. And the law in Comal County says something like it's illegal to uh, to 
discharge a firearm inside of a subdivided neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we are a subdivided neighborhood, but neither archery equipment nor an air rifle qualify under the Texas statutes as a firearm. And that being the only state level, or maybe it's county level, I guess, law that applies, there's a loophole there, which my neighbor has taken advantage of, much to his neighbor's chagrin. Mm-hmm. He's not my direct neighbor. He lives on the end of it. He's the guy I raised the buffaloes with, actually. And he's, he's upset got, about it? Huh? He And he's the one that's upset about it? Or he's the one that did it? No, the guy I raised the buffalo with is the guy that shot a deer. Right. Okay. His that direct next-door neighbors, they all live on the edge of the neighborhood in, like, six-acre tracks. Right. Uh, they, they're like the Hatfields and McCoys. Um, <laughs> but this whole beef predated us moving here. Like one of the first things I learned about when we moved here was my direct next door neighbor and a few other guys further down the street, they're all hang out every Friday, Saturday, you know, mm-hmm. folks, some of them listen, uh, they hang out all the time. They're best buds. They and James and some other guys, uh, had petitioned the parks and wildlife to get permission to actually hunt in our park um and they the 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 parks and wildlife came in did a deer survey they had a town hall meeting that the parks and wildlife presented at making the argument to our neighborhood y'all should allow hunting of these deer because you're grossly overpopulated and your buck to doe ratios are way out of whack and before long y'all are going to be getting you know things that they're not supposed to eat like crepe myrtles and you know, salvia plants and things like that. They're going to be eating those because they're going to be starving to death. But in order to legalize hunting, there's no law against it, but the covenants in our neighborhood read that you can't hunt the deer. So we'd have to change the covenants. The proposal was that they would hunt only from the hours of like nine until like two, uh, Monday through Friday during school. Basically we're during school hours. Couldn't hunt Mm -hmm. holidays, da, da, da in the park, in the park alone, not in your yard. And they had the full support of the Texas Parks and Wildlife, but they had to get, I think, like 80%. It was like a super, super majority of all the houses in the neighborhood, you know, homeowners in the neighborhood to agree to it. And they got like a couple percent shy of what they needed. Might have been two thirds. So that failed. And then sometime thereafter, my Buffalo partner decided to just smoke one with an air, air rifle and. It's a contentious hot button issue in this neighborhood. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so that would bring up the question of in the neighborhood. So he did he shoot it in the park or on his property? On his property. Dropped Good it. For him. Headshot. No. Right. So that's what I was going to ask. Tracks. Is like you probably need to stick to headshot so they don't run off into the right. California transplant neighbor's yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was such a hot button issue that when I was asked my first year here to run for, um our HOA board mm-hmm. and then 50 people or whatever showed up for the election. This came up and I got attacked by the anti-hunting crowd uh, over my, whether or not I was a hunter and my positions on neighborhood hunting and I didn't get elected the first go around. So then because I got stymied over stuff I had nothing to do with, I ego egotistically decided to run again the second time and instantly regretted it. So I should have just taken my L. <laughs> Wait, did you get elected the second time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully that ended in December. (laughs) Uh so I'll show you people, and then it was like, oh, they showed you. You shouldn't have done this. 
that's sad because that's i think how like what we're running into with the school boards right like there was an article in the dallas morning news this past week so it wasn't unique to mckinney uh frisco and plano so the major cities in collin county also all lost their school board elections to the woke left and it's because people didn't go vote and here's a prime example this morning here's another side note but my my girls were performing in a talent show with Mickey's daughter and one other girl. They were doing a gymnastics routine that they choreographed and blah, 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 blah. Dude, 35, 35 performers or groups of performers for a kid's talent show at school. I thought it was going to be in and out of there in like 30 minutes. Two hours later, the talentless show was still going on. And uh, be nice. <laughs> ah, dude, there was some really bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, so bad. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, sitting next to me is my friend. We'll just call him GT, his initials. I don't know if he listens or not. Um, his daughter and my daughter and our sons are good friends. Anyway, I said, hey, Greg. Well, I just said his name. <laughs> Greg, did you, did you vote? No, nah, man, I didn't make it out. <laughs> like, But he said, but I did see your tweet. And I, I like that. I'm like, well, but you didn't vote. He's like, no, nah, I didn't get around to it. I'm like, you're the problem, dude. He's like, not you individually, but that mindset. That's why we lost. Didn't go vote. Mm. Sorry, Greg. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, um, before we get into the meat of today's discussion, though, turkey season is over. I went out Saturday and where I had taken Frankie where those two big toms running around, all I saw was one hen and some deer. I never even heard a gobble, nothing. So it went out with a fizzle, but still the best turkey season ever because Henry got his first turkey, and I took each of the girls out on their first hunts, and I'll take that away from, uh, from the season. But it, it made me think, well, I could still go Sunday too, but that was Mother's Day. And I guarantee you, Texas Parks and Wildlife, has to be applauding themselves, patting themselves on the back, be like, hey, no turkeys died on the last day of the season <laughs> because it was Mother's Day. If it, what if turkey season ended on Father's Day? It would be a bloodbath. Yeah. Blood We'd all be like, I would oh, think so. Bye, I would definitely, I would definitely <laughs> turn in my I get to do what I want on Father's Day card. That's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. And go turn uh, uh, So Trump was exonerated, finally, by the uh, Durham findings which I didn't even know Durham was still doing stuff. So we talked about how he had, I guess, taken the uh, Clinton campaign lawyer to task, but ultimately nothing happened to that guy. We did a whole show on that, maybe two. Apparently in Durham's report, he actually addressed the fact that that, um, uh, that attorney and that guy Igor Dershenko, the the Russian guy who was being paid by the FBI for lies, mm -hmm. you know, to be an informant in which he was lying as his, in his role as an informant. And, and they knew it and they were still paying him to do just that. Right. Those guys both got off. Um, as you, we covered it, it was a very specific technicality. The defense for the FBI said, yeah, we knew they were lying, but we didn't rely on their lies to take our, further actions and that's what that was the, the technicality that Whoa, got them off. fast forward to today and that turns out to be not true durham pointed out that the fact that those cases had to be brought in washington dc a city that voted 95 percent 
for both Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden makes it impossible to get an unrigged jury out of it. So he actually put that in his formal uh, report that yeah. it wasn't his lack of evidence. It was the venue, but doesn't matter because the media is not going to cover anything in that report that doesn't help their claims of um, benevolence. So they're sure as hell not going to. In fact, I saw the, I read an article in the Hill earlier where they, they fairly went through that this was a damning indictment of the FBI. But at the end, it points out, however, but for the FBI's malfeasance in wiretapping and spying and running with the PP tape hoax and all that stuff, we never would have gotten the Mueller investigation. And the Mueller investigation did decide, did declare that Russia attempted to meddle in the 2016 election. And there were 32 prosecutions brought from the Mueller investigation. None of them had anything to do with the Trump orbit at all. Right. They had to do with all sorts of other things. But so that made it all worthwhile. A witch hunt where an American citizen was spied on and his life ruined, that being Carter Page was worth it because we got Mueller out of it. That's the hill spin. I did see Jake Tapper saying, well, I guess in some way it exonerates Trump. What do you mean in some way? Yeah, I mean, dude, just what was it? Was it last week or the week before when, which we already covered, you know, the, the House rolled out their evidence um, that they've collected. Well, it's been a couple of things. One... Yeah, no, I guess it's the same thing. They, they, they rolled out all of the bank record data showing how many Bidens have taken how many millions from Chinese and Russian sources. And we're back. Third world country, Chisholm Cook checking in. First audio glitch of the day is under our belt. Maybe there will be no more moving forward. So anyway, Jake Tapper, like I was saying, uh, you don't have to respond. You can just look up and away into the heavens if you want to. Is what he's doing. Give me a live play-by-play of my partner's reaction to me busting him in the balls over his crappy internet. Um, third world country Chisholm. Maybe that'll be your new moniker. <laughs> I'm going oh, no, just to go until you die from it. Just go lay out. All right. So Tapper was like, it somewhat exonerates Trump. No, it unequivocally 100% exonerates him. Yeah, what I was getting at when we lost signal was, you know, it was just a week ago when the House rolled out evidence that money was funneling directly from Chinese and Russian uh, influences into the Biden coffers uh, at the time he was vice president. And there are like there are bank transactions to back it up and the media is not even covering it to the extent they did. They were like, there's no bank records that show the money going into Joe Biden's account. Where did the information come from? That, or who was tracking those payments made to the Biden family? And what is the, the Biden banks. family business? The banks. Right. But who, who's, report, like, who's uncovered the story? Like, so check this out. The IRS had been investiga- has been investigating Hunter Biden since 2018 over all of this. Right. Over these questionable wire transfers. Mm-hmm. So... The government has been investigating it. The FBI has been engaged in an active cover-up, and a whistleblower came forward. Two weeks ago, the news was a whistleblower has come forward seeking whistleblower, federal whistleblower protection. I think there's more whistleblowers now. Well, the one that I'm talking about, 
which yeah, I was going that. to which was going to testify that either the I think the FBI that the FBI was deliberately manipulating the process to keep from bringing Biden the Bidens to justice. Uh-huh. He's disappeared. Well, and he's not coming back. <laughs> sure seems when somebody disappeared. He uh, didn't hit, he didn't hang himself, but they're not going to somebody find with information about the about the uh, Democrats. Yeah, the the sitting Democratic president. Uh, when somebody like that says they have information that's very damning, and then they suddenly disappear, uh, it seems very possible they will not be coming back. Yeah, but I was listening to, I think it was Dan Bongino, and they had somebody was playing clips of a, it might have been a congressman that was reading this, reading off all of these bank transfers from Chinese companies. Basically, they had like, now the list is up to like 16 or 17 umbrella companies that are, they don't exist. They're just bank accounts to a non existent company that just funnels money to the Bidens from foreign entities by and largely by and large are, are enemies by the way i guess the guy didn't actually disappear no that's next week so this is an article from esquire i saw the same article in the guardian same headlines headline oops representative james comer seems to have misplaced his biden quote informant yeah he said well unfortunately we can't track down the informant we're hopeful that the informant is still there the whistleblower knows the informant. The whistleblower is very credible. Okay, so the whistleblower is not the direct, huh? Well, this is just insane and hilarious. So the IRS is the one that's releasing the information to Congress, and they're the ones that are putting it out there. Like, how do you understand that that's playing out? It's not the FBI. The FBI is implicated in this. They're they don't want this information out. Right. How do you and I know about it? I think it's the IRS. It's somebody from inside the IRS. We should probably figure that out. (laughs) It's really confusing because apparently there's a whistleblower and an informant, and maybe those are two separate people, which I don't know how the whistleblower. We apologize for our elementary level reporting on this, but we are bringing the, uh, the story to you. We just bits and pieces, apparently. Yeah, Uh, do your own research. (laughs) thanks for tuning in episode if we had details i wouldn't be able to maintain an internet connection to share them anyway so yeah third world country chism uh so also though in the same news cycle and we had already taped last week when this came out but trump found guilty of sexual abuse but not guilty of rape which he was accused of ironically though i don't know if you heard this though he didn't get found guilty of anything because this is a civil case. He found it was found liable. Okay. Liable. Sorry. For damages, uh, which were mostly related to this lady's alleged defamation because he called her a liar. But go ahead. Yeah. So what he, he owes her like five million bucks or something, but was found liable of sexual abuse, which seems like the same thing as found guilty. Whatever. Um, I'm stopping my video. Okay. See if that helps. So the state of New York, though, I don't know if you were aware uh, aware of this, they recently changed their statute of limitations, like the law yeah. pertaining to that, I'm fully just aware. so they could Absolutely. go after Trump 
mm-hmm. on a 30 year old claim. Yeah. Let me, let me break that down further for everybody. So a statute of limitations is a law that says that if some crime is committed against you or you suffer some kind of loss, you may only have two, four, six years in which to bring your lawsuit uh, or, or even a criminal case, right? So for example, if you breach contract and then, then like 10 years later, you're like, man, I should have sued for that. You won't be able to sue under breach of contract because I think it's a four-year statute of limitations to bring a lawsuit in most places for mm-hmm. breach of contract, right? So the first question, and I actually ran this little test with a good friend of mine over the weekend. I was like, let me lay this out for you, buddy, uh, who got out of law school a few years ago. And you tell me what the first legal question that comes to mind is. A lady claimed somewhere around 2015 that sometime in the 1990s. Are you still with me? I'm here. I just turned the video off. It was weird for me just to let you look at me and I'm not looking at you. Good. Somewhere in the 1990s. Like you're some kind of voyeur or something. This lady was allegedly assaulted in a in a like department store, Manhattan department store uh, dressing room by Donald Trump. She claimed rape, but then didn't describe anything that sounded like a rape. Um, anyway, maybe the, he alleged by incident the pussy. being like mid nineties, easy. And then the first allegation being made circa 2015 in 2023 said lady gets a $5 million civil judgment in her favor born out of this incident what's the first legal question that comes to mind and my buddy very astutely said where's the statute of limitations right so as you summarized in 2022 which for those of y'all who like me are suffering from some sort of brain fog that keeps it hard to keep track of time that was last year so so last year Mm -hmm. the legislature of the state of new york the New York Assembly, I believe is what they call it, passed a law that Governor Kathy Hochul signed, which allowed for the abandonment. Basically, it shelved the statute of limitations. It stopped the statute of limitations. The bill stopped the statute of limitations for any claim arising out of a claim of sexual violence, no matter when it happened, no matter how long ago it was, There is no statute of limitations in New York at the moment for anything arising out of sexual violence, but you have one year in which to bring your lawsuit. That year is 2023. And the first case that was filed under this new (laughs) deletion of the statute of limitations was E. Jean Carroll's lawsuit, which was filed at 12 a.m. and one second. Her attorneys were sitting at the ready when the window for bringing these lawsuits came up, filed it, and her attorney last week even went so far as to say, E. Jean Carroll's case is a big part of the reason this law got changed. So they straight up acknowledged this was just a Trump witch hunt. Um, it, I was trying to say, it reminds me of that movie where there's no law for like one night. What's that called? Oh, The Purge. Yeah, it's like The Purge kind of. They basically yeah. created a purge situation for 2023 where anybody who claims they were touched inappropriately or talked to inappropriately gets to jump. Dude, it's the biggest, 
constitutional crock of s man i mean if you think if you didn't oh, already is it think, more egregious than changing state laws so that you can alter voting pro- protocol no it just no it's just another symptom of the same disease which is the complete this we are we, we are the de- law we have devolved into operatively a third a third world country that has no rule of law there is the exercise of sheer political power by the left now and apparently nothing any of us can ever do about it and if people get a little fed up and break a couple of windows they'll just go to jail for it um if the windows are being breaking broken on behalf of the constitutional order if you're burning things on behalf of social justice then you get a pat on the back and a medal of accommodation from the mayor that's where we are correct yeah dude they changed those laws the fbi again was knowingly persecuting an American citizen who had for his entire military career been an, an intelligence asset informing on Russia. They turned that around and informed on to, they turned that around on Carter page and surveilled him. And the reason that they were able to surveil Carter page is because an attorney for the FBI doctored an email. So the email said the exact opposite of what it had actually said which implicated Carter Page in a lie. And that guy pled guilty and served no jail time, and now he's got a gig with MSNBC. Maybe with CNN. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the insanity. The stuff that they came out with last week, in my opinion, the bank records, is way more important than the Durham report. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Durham report didn't say anything we didn't already know. If you were following the Durham saga, yeah, we knew the FBI had been pulling this crap. And if... You go all the way back to 2001 in the article I linked in old show notes. The New York Times was reporting on how they were framing poor 19-year-old Muslim kids for subway bombings. That Not just framing them. Giving them the idea. The FBI has been doing this for decades. You know who the worst human beings in, in America are? It's, it's number one, left politicians. And number two, anyone whose face is on MSNBC, CNN. They're, they're just absolute scum. To sit you can there throw and Fox lunch. in there. There's nothing but scumbags at Fox, too. Okay. Fox also. But they're actually reporting the news. Are they? On some level. That they yeah, fired well, yes. Are they? I do believe that they are. I, well, mm-hmm. they're reporting one side of it, but, but, the, but the truth has come out, and the left won't report on the truth. Because they're complicit and in on the gig. Like, of course they're not. I mean, why is there no coverage of the of this? I, I, can't, I said this last time. What Nixon did, it pales in comparison to what this asshat of a president has done and, and is continuing to do while in office, while he was vice president. And we were, I was saying, like, uh, what is it? The number is up to 16 or 17 shell companies that don't exist. They'll just funnel money to members of the Biden. I'm just going to call them the Biden crime family now. It's like it's like modern-day political mafia. Family, 100%. No, the corruption is astronomical, dude. I do think you always talk about uh, how nothing will ever come of any of it, right? Nothing will. I think there will be... A, there think there will be an ultimate reckoning like not unless the republicans take the senate or or have control of both 
the House and the Senate. There's no way. Or get or get Trump back in office. This is the kind of thing that pisses me off to no end and gives me no hope. It seems like they can't hold like the the, the, the reality is even Democrats are now starting to acknowledge and admit that the laptop was real. Um, the media spinning this is not keeping a majority of Americans from knowing it. Like it worked to get him elected, but even your woke brother said, well, I guess turns out they did rig it. Yeah. Right. He's not willing to go so far as to say, <laughs> I guess that they shouldn't have. And it wasn't seems that he still thinks that was the lesser of two eagle evils, but no, he's, acknowledging he's happy that, his side cheated. Right. And that's a whole different problem. My point is, for every one of him, there's a reasonable person who voted for the Democrats who may swing back and forth from time from election to election who looks at it and goes, wait, they made all that up? Right? Because mm -hmm. it's not, they're not holding it back. The gatekeepers are not holding the information back. So, for example, the current FBI chief, Christopher Ray, who's an like a, an astronomical douchebag who we've already detailed, who we played explaining at the World Economic Forum how important it is that they control the information we're allowed to see. Bad guy. When he was asked about this in the last few weeks by the House uh, Intel Committee or who, whichever one, um, about specifically the malfeasance of the FBI in this Russia stuff, talking about Christopher Ray was basically apologizing on behalf of the FBI, saying that the reason that all happened was bad management, and that management's all gone. That management would be Jim Comey, first and foremost, who Trump had to fire, right? And replaced with Christopher Ray ultimately. So what the, I'm saying is the FBI is acknowledging that they were completely out of bounds in 2016. And But don't worry about it. We fixed it. We've got all new management. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My point is they're starting to acknowledge it and having to acknowledge it before Congress, right? Mm -hmm. We've been here before, which we've explained, with the church committee in the 70s, right? Where Democrat Senator Frank Church unveiled for the world the way the CIA screws with everybody through Mockingbird and all that stuff, right? It may just not be the big cataclysmic reckoning that we would all love to see, where like 500 people get hauled off to jail like they should. Um, but dude, know. let's to put it into perspective, going back to what we were just talking about, New York changed a law so that they could go after Trump on a 30 year old right. sex charge. Yep. Meanwhile, the sitting United States president and his son and his whole, the whole Biden crime family just get away with murder. No repercussions. But you're saying you think that they might, they might actually suffer some consequences. I don't know. Uh, the way that Hillary got away with the Russia hoax, the way that, I mean, the way that Hillary, I mean, she's got so many bodies and skeletons in that closet. I gives me very little optimism that anything will come of it. But I, but I, but like what Nixon did really nothing compared to this crap, nothing. And he you're had right. to resign. Wow. Okay. Uh, me, but hey, meanwhile, Russia is building the infrastructure for a town of expats from the United States and Canada outside of Moscow because I don't know if you knew this, Chisholm. Russia 
not the most woke place on planet Earth, it turns out. Yeah, apparently not. I only know this because you sent me a link. <laughs> right? Pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> funny. Yeah. Pretty funny. And then there's like four or five Canadian provinces that want to join the U.S. So, so I, want to ta- I want to table that because okay. I want to first talk about the border. And, and you said you'll talk about the border if I listen to that episode of uh, No Agenda. Did you? Yes, I did. I guess we can talk about it. Uh huh. So that was last. That was two episodes ago. But uh, they each gave their take on why the border mess has become a psyop. And Adam's take was, well, it's really, it was really bad, and it's still bad, but it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is. And the conservatives now are just using that as ammunition to, you know continue to go after Biden. Um, but then, well, I guess, uh, Dvorak's take was, well, they're, they've changed their tune and now the Democrats are like trying to be stricter about letting so many migrants through because a lot of them are Venezuelans who are coming from a communist place. And when they make them all legal and let them vote, Venezuelans ain't voting for them. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to kind of go through a little uh, Q&A on this. All right, so a week ago we were talking about the end of Title 42 being a really bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. First, was Title 42 helping or hurting immigration? First of all, do you know when Title 42 was implemented? Yeah, it was implemented by Trump during COVID, wasn't it? Bingo. Very end of his presidency, right? Yeah. And it was terminated last week. How was the status of our border enforcement from 2020 when Trump put that in as in his last year of office until last week? Well, I mean, you can the stats prove that as soon as Biden was elected, the numbers went up by like 200%. I think it was all time all time highs, right? Astronomical increase. In so, what was Title Forty Two actually holding back? Well, when Trump was in office, it was effective because we were actually enforcing it. And then when Biden got here, he was like, "Hey, everybody!" But hey, wasn't Trump on, doing a on. good job with border enforcement prior to Title Forty Two? Because it was I last mean, Trump got elected on a platform of enforcing, uh, or you know, monitoring. Yeah. illegal immigration so and suppose yes. and was he not doing a better job than infinitely better job without title 42 right yes right so how was he doing that well, he was th- enforcing the law in place at the time right and also not encouraging migrants to just come he's like if you come we'll just turn you back that was the psyop here that the no agenda guys were pointing out Title 42 was not stopping illegal immigration. In fact, it was the opposite. Title 42 was bypassing the proper asylum procedure as long as you didn't have COVID. So what they pointed out was the reason there was this mad dash to the border in the last week before Title 42 ended was not because they were waiting to jump across the river as soon as 42 ended. They were trying to beat they were trying to get in before it ended. 
because it had been put out in media in these Latin American countries that the end of Title 42 would reinstate the normal asylum-seeking procedures. So that mad dash was not waiting in line to get here. It was trying to assault the border before 42 ended. That's the point. What the hell was 42 doing? I think well, you just well, admitted why, nothing. Why did, why did Trump put it into place, though, if, if Trump was pro? And I do believe, because I believe Trump is a nationalist. That I'm not saying that Trump 42 wanted a secure worse. border. I'm not saying that 42 was making it worse. That was giving him an automatic reject them if they're ill. Yeah. My understanding is that that's all that 42 did. But conversely, it was being used as a shield to allow for illegal immigration instead of the standard asylum processes in the interim. Okay. Right. At the end of the day, it simply boils down to are we going to enforce immigration standards or not with or without 42? The PSYOP is the pictures of the of the people standing at the border and the idea that, quote, Title 42 is ending. As far as I'm concerned, there is no COVID emergency. Therefore, 42 should have already been, all of that should have gone away two years ago. The question right. is, are you going to let the Border Patrol do their job or not? Are you going to follow the law or not? That's where the, the, the PSYOP part. Which, okay, and that's why we have this mad influx of illegal immigration is because they know that this administration has no interest in enforcing the law. When it Do comes you think to it's possible when Mayorkas actually came out last week and said, since last week and said, we've seen border droppings, crossings drop since the end of 42? Do you think it's possible that might be true? No, because I don't believe anything Mayorkas says. Nothing that comes out of his mouth is, is in any way, shape, or form. Do you think truthful. it's possible if it really is Venezuelans and other people fleeing communism, that the Democrats might actually be looking at it saying, oh, it's time to turn this picket off because they're not going to help us look at Florida. Yeah, I do. And that's okay. also so why it's possible believe... that Mayorkas could be telling the truth because it's politically convenient and expedient now to pretend as though they've fixed the border. Well, okay. Well, let me play this clip for you. If you, it's not Mayorkas, it's President Dumbass. Uh, but this is his, like, this is just, this is, this sums up Biden's take on the border for the last two and a half years. Things are going at the border, sir. Yeah, much, better than, much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> Do you have any plans to visit no, the border? I think, pardon me? Do you have any plans to visit the border? Not in the near term, no. No, it'll just be disruptive, not. No, I will not be going to the border. Not now, not ever, because I don't care. I've never cared about the border. But he did say, she said, how do you think things are going at the border? And he laughed. He goes, ha ha, much better than y'all expected. Ha ha. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. got his dumb helmet on because he knows he's going to fall off his bicycle. He's actually being asked while he's riding a stupid bike, which we've seen him fall off before, while it wasn't even moving. Um, so that sums up his philosophy on the border out of sight out of mind i don't give a crap um but you brought up something and i was like no table that because this is also why there's like a uh, separatist movement in alberta that's tired of trudeau tired of the totalitarian overreach from that prime minister 
and they are like, we, we want to leave and we want to become the 51st state. Like it's barely getting any traction, but it is making headlines. There's no way the Democrats would ever let Alberta become the 51st state if they're, if it's a conservative minded place, no way. Yeah, it's not going to happen. dude. I mean, I say it's not going to happen. Nice idea. We'd have to give them DC. Though. I'm like, there would have to be a trade-off. I'm a hundred percent convinced that the United States of America is going to break into pieces as we detailed um, last, so, mm-hmm. last show. So, so if, and when that happens, then maybe so does Canada and some whole new collection of countries uh, replaces it all. Yeah, I just don't ever see Alberta and Texas just geographically being in the same. Well, I don't know. Alaska and Texas would be the run up right through the middle of the whole thing, right? Why not? Yeah. Well, what do you do with Minnesota? That place is a freaking cesspool. Sure is. Have to find a way to skirt around that. But if you go straight up from us, you if you go straight up from us, you're going through Kansas, Nebraska, and the Dakotas. Right. So we'll just like hook around Wisconsin and Minnesota. Hmm. Um let's stay on Biden while we're here. What did you think of uh this little this little gem? Speaking at the graduation at a a uh, black, historically black college or university, and he wasted no time. And telling everyone what the biggest threat to the nation is. Let's take a listen to this. I think this was over the weekend. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say wherever I go. What do you think of that? I think he sounds like a racist. No bigger race baiters racist than the Democrats, which we've detailed like, which are, where are the most oppressed places in the United States? Uh, well, you would have to go to every blue city and find their lowest income district. And then you're going to find the most downtrodden, oppressed people in the country, and they keep voting for these idiots who hate them. It was interesting because in, there was a photo taken of one of the students that was graduating. You know how college seniors put some kind of note on, their, on the top of their graduation caps? And it was an African-American student, and the message said, Biden and Harris do not care about black people. So some, you know, some people get it. Love it. Paying attention. Yeah. Good job, young man or lady. Speaking of the racist Democrats, this is Hank Johnson. He's a Democrat from Georgia. And I want to play this because what if this came out of what if this came out of a white conservative's mouth? Folk who are coming across are the ones who are helping to put food on our table. Without them, we're not able to eat. If you if you turn them away, if if all of them were uh, turned away, and then you this legislation passed, making it easier to get at people who are already here legally, and you have no immigration, then we would have no food on our plates. We would have no 
nobody taking care of uh, the building, the construction of our uh, homes. We would have nobody cleaning up in the hospitals. Uh, you know, honest work that deserves an honest day's pay. You know, that's the kind of system that we need to have in this country. Immigration is important. So basically the subhuman crappy jobs that we don't want to do, uh, we need to let illegals continue to come in to the country so they can do them. Yeah, it's funny because Nancy Pelosi said pretty much the same thing last summer. And we were all like, oh, it's because she's old and crazy. And, And then this young, presumably or younger or not crazy person says the same thing. And it's. Uh, so, in other words, it's just clear, as we've always said, that, um, yep, Democrats are racist. But, you know, he really fumbled around there because... He oh, he definitely from, was not confident in what he was trying to say. No, because he said... They were talking about a piece of legislation that Congress was trying to implement, trying to get passed. And he's speaking out against it. But it was basically, we're going to hammer down on, you know, illegal immigration. And he said, if it made it harder for or if it made it easier for us to go after the people that were here legally but you can't do that if you're here legally you're a citizen or you've got a green card or whatever it is or visa whatever you're not going after the people that were here legally so he's fumbling around i don't think he even believes what he's saying but at the end of the day he damn sure came across as a racist piece of crap i agree uh that's all i really have on the the border so at least we got to talk about it today. You were more invested since I did my homework and listened to the uh, No Agenda show. You want to go to Childism? Did you watch that clip that Mickey sent us? No, I didn't. I saw it you come across, but you yeah, should have watched I, it. I'm sorry. So this is child. This is what this is childism. This is a new this is a new thing from the good old psychotic left. Remember, keep in mind. Children can't vote by beer, serve in the military, buy guns, buy cigarettes, get tattoos. Do you know about childism? This term hasn't trended yet, and people aren't talking about this. I think it's totally valid. Childism is the idea of, well, sexism, racism, discrimination against your sex, discrimination against your race. Well, childism is discrimination because you are a child. Like, for example, if a student were to come up to me and say, hey, Desi, I'm non-binary, can you call me they? And I told that student, oh, honey, you're way too young to know your gender identity. This would not only be transphobic, this would also be considered childism. Not only am I not respecting their pronouns, I would also be discriminating against them because of their age. I'm saying they are too young to know what their gender identity is. But you can do this in other ways, too. If you don't respect children's opinion, which are completely valid, that's a form of childism. Well, enough credit, because it happens all the time. Just like ageism is a thing, we are discriminating against old people. Childism is a thing, too. Children need more of a voice, in my opinion. So I'm a teacher. This helps. Yeah, by the way, this is a, uh, a dude with bright pink lipstick on, a shaved head, and a teacher. Also. That was a that was actually a for sure dude. That sounded like a lady's voice. That's a dude. Or, or at some point in its life, it was a dude. But anyway, childism. Childism. I... Trying to trying to tell children what is the truth is now. And that was so cool how she just made up that word. And she's like, this hasn't trended yet, but we're gonna call it childism. <laughs> Make yeah, it up yeah. out of thin air. Uh, totally. I, I mean, this, it, I, that, dude, okay, that, 
is what's wrong with this country or society, modern day society. Children are not told the truth and they are not told no. No, I'm not. You know what, Henry, Stella, Frankie, I love you. I am here to be your father, not your buddy. And when you screw up, I'm going to hammer you and I'm going to teach you the proper way. If you make a mistake, I'll say this is how you should have handled this. And if you if you really screw up, there's going to be consequences. And if you ask me for something and I don't think it's appropriate, I'm just going to tell you no. That's what parenting is. I don't how what, what percentage of the country just lets their kids one of my best friends, dude, lifelong friend, you know him. His kid, we order we order fajitas. Like my kids love meat, so they're eating steak and chicken fajitas. His kid eats chips and queso for dinner. I was like, is he going to eat? No, no, no. He is only going to have chips and queso. I'm like, what does he normally eat? He goes, like, stuff like that. Chips and queso. Chips and queso. Rolls. Like, uh, probably only protein he gets is chicken nuggets from McDonald's. I'm like, dude, that's not not really healthy for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't really want to listen to him <laughs> yell. <laughs> like, yeah, um, we as parents definitely. Guy. Like, like, what are you doing? We certainly rely too much on the easy button. That's beyond question for sure. I mean, that's his normal diet. Donuts for breakfast. Like, uh, diabetes coming at you real soon, kid. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you What do you have? I have a few other things. I have some other clips that I think would be fun to play, but if you have anything that you want to hit on, you you covered the the things that I was thinking about last week's uh, house uh, discovery and this week's Durham probe and none of it the Biden, to the Biden crime syndicate. Yeah. Uh, so Charlize Theron, beautiful, beautiful woman on the outside, horrible person on the inside, famous. Academy Award winning actress. I think she's got like a adopted transgender kid. And uh, this is how you know that you're on the right side of the fence. Because last time I checked, conservatives, and I would say that my mindset is the same. Hey, you come after my kids and you try to indoctrinate them. My mindset is I'm going to F you up. But I'm not. I'm going to go and I'm going to go vote in the local school board election, right? I mean, that's that's my reaction. This is hers, and this is why these people are lunatics and violent individuals, and like just as a segment of the population, very very scary. Just like the one that shot up the school in uh, what was it, Nashville? And this is this is this is a. I guess you could say she's a, a leader, but certainly. A person of significance in America because we idolize Hollywood. So this was this is Charlie's throne this this week. Sorry, that's the racist congressman. Uh, this is Charlie's throne. And we've got you, and I will anybody up who is like trying to f with anything with you guys. It's really in all seriousness. There's so many things that are hurting and really killing our kids. And we all know what I'm talking about right now. And it ain't no drag queen. So she says, I'm going to F you up. I'm going to F up anyone. I mean, it was, it was bleeped out. You couldn't hear it, but that's what she said. 
we all know what's killing our kids. I, I don't, I don't know what's killing our kids. And she said, we all know what we're, what I'm talking about. It ain't no drag queen. Do you have any idea what she's talking about? Um, I guess quote unquote, anti-trans laws being passed and stuff. Um, Senator Josh Hawley asking questions about what a woman is that supposedly uh, is denying the existence of trans people and, and, and inciting violence on them. Uh, oh. As you might remember the lady with the nose ring explaining to him uh, in Senate testimony. Uh-huh. Oh. I don't know, dude. <sighs> okay. Uh, I would say the opposite would be true that mutilating our kids, telling them something that isn't true about, their identity probably going to lead to a long, maybe a short life because suicide is pretty high in that segment of the population, but a very unfruitful, depressing life of someone that's never going to be happy because at the age of seven, you told them that, hey, that penis, that doesn't really mean that you're a boy. Let's get you a dress and some uh, hormone blockers. That's going to make a happy individual later on in life. Yeah, uh, I, I got one more funny clip here. This is gold. This is from Ryan Webb, who might have been a couple episodes ago. We talked about the uh, congressman. I think he was on a, might even be on a state level. Uh, but he came out and said that he he's a white dude. And he said he is now a trans woman of color. Okay. So he was on with Matt Walsh. <laughs> I think yesterday, and they had this funny exchange. Just, well, it's just audio gold. You'd have to recognize that being a lesbian woman of color does, um, you know, affect three different protected groups and classes. Now, because of that, I have um, come out and, and been recognized as the first woman of color in the history of uh, Delaware County Council. Now, I don't believe that they're going to give me any awards for that, but it's possible they may name some local park after me or something. We'll see what the future holds. What's really brave about you is that you came out as a trans woman of color, and yet you have changed nothing about yourself physically. So you're just literally the exact same person, but at the same time, you're a woman of color. I did uh, take the step of changing my name. Um, I used to go by Ryan, uh, which would be Ryan, the male version, but now I'm using the name Ryan. <laughs> it's cut out the last part. Oh, that's brilliant. Said, I love it in there. Cut out the last part because I got a text message. He said, but now I'm using Ryan, the female version. <laughs> right. No, yeah, I got it. Yeah. And it was enough of it played to get the chance. Yeah. Ryan, the female version. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, brilliant. Ryan, Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I love that dude. Brilliant. Um, what about, and I don't know if you've paid attention to this, but so is, is Robert Kennedy Jr. really a legitimate candidate for the, for the Democratic ticket to dethrone Biden? He's getting 20%. He's pulling at 20%. So, I mean. So that's, so that's yes, right? It's a yes in the minds of the voters. It's a definitive, unquestioned no in the minds of the media. And they're, they weren't, they're not going to let him go anywhere. They're going to pull every trick in the book 
to make him go away, no matter what he's Well, playing. and that's why you brought up the media. So he was on ABC last week, and dude, they, they, they chopped up his interview and censored it. Yep. Censored him. Yep. Just clean edit. Nope, we didn't like that. Chopping it out. Well, he's not very happy about that. You're probably right. If ABC is like cutting up, splicing his interview together to fit their narrative, yeah, they're not going to let... He's probably too much of a threat, like a loose cannon. Like speak Because he's someone on that side of the fence that actually speaks the truth. You know what's fun is, is watching the Bill Mars of the world wake up, right? Well, there are... The same is happening on the more conservative side of the aisle with former you know, mainstream moguls. I'm talking about Megyn Kelly in particular. She told so, Charlie's Theron to come F her up. She'd bring it. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she's done with this trans thing. And I think it's the trans thing that's maybe going to cause her to truly become independent. Um, she's real pissed about it, and understandably so. We all should be. Uh, so you listen to that episode? Of Megyn Kelly? No, I didn't. I just saw I saw a clip Where that on is, social yeah. media. Yeah, just yeah. of her saying, "Come on, bring it." Well, come on. So me. she she brought uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. on, which she's had him on like probably three times. The first time, so you know, she left Fox News after putting up with grotesque Roger Ailes trying to get in her pants. Um, but that was her own volition, and she went to ABC's morning show, and she dared one day to ask. Are you saying it's not okay to dress up as Tina Turner for Halloween, that that's racist, even though I love Tina Turner? And they were like, of course, you psycho. You probably own slaves in your backyard right now, and you have to be fired. And so she has been in quote-unquote independent basically since then uh-huh. with her own podcast and XM radio show. Well, COVID comes along, and at first she's all about getting the shots. And I was like, okay, so she's still, and, and like, I've talked about the, the national review people, the national review is the oldest, longest running conservative news outlet in America. Um, like a news magazine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were certainly defending, they were, they're all never Trumpers, almost all of them. Um, the hard, the most hardcore never Trumpers among them actually broke off because even national review was not never Trump enough for some of these people. And they started their own outfits called the bulwark and the, Oh, let's see the one with that douchebag, David French uh, and Jonah Goldberg. doesn't matter. They started their own never Trump style, quote unquote. So they're all like hardcore pro war. They're all hardcore pro FBI. They're all hardcore pro pharmaceutical, which to me proves they're all hardcore unipartitarian cucks. Right. And they, um, just, and they call themselves conservatives? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, try, they're fighting what they believe to be the good fight on behalf of traditional. So they're like the Mitch McConnell sect of the conservative party. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So would, would you say they more align with, the, with like a, the rhino Bush. mentality? They're, they're, like, they're, like the, they're, like, they're neocons. They're the George W. Bush, um, um, Dan, uh, Dick Cheney. Hmm. wing of the republican party um pro-interventionary war military industrial complex that's where they get paid right i mean it's all economics it's who's cutting their checks right 
They get their money from the government itself and from the military industrial complex, which gets all of its money from the government. So how could they ultimately not be big government shills pretending to be small government, right? They're the kind of people who like to talk in super lofty terms about the writings of John Locke and, you know, Francis Bacon and, you know, all of these great, uh, you know, intellectual thinkers of the enlightenment period. Right. Um, and so they talk about small government, but then they don't really support it because that doesn't pay the bills. Anyway, stop hitting your mic. I'm not hitting my mic, dude. Okay. The stop hitting the table that your mic is on. Megan Kelly was sort of leaning that direction. Uh-huh. And then about a year ago, she started saying, you know, these shots don't look like they work. <laughs> and I kind of feel like I got duped when I took two of them. And you're sure as hell not sticking my kids with one of them. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, maybe she's waking up. And she had Bobby Kennedy on after his book, The Real Anthony Fauci. And she did this weird thing where they would splice in. Actually, you've done this before. He'd make a point and she would splice in in post uh, a fact check. Right. Well, yeah. at the time that she had that initial conversation with him, the mainstream was still trying to tell us ivermectin doesn't work. Um, you know, the shots are 95% effective within the first month after taking, you know, all the, all the lies, right? Well, six months after that, she was like, uh, turns out he might've been spot on with everything. And so she's willing to admit that she was wrong. Yeah. But even further, like to admit she was wrong in defiance mm. of these superpower economic orders. Mm. Right. So she had Adam Curry come on a um, year and a half or so. It couldn't have been that long ago, probably mm -hmm. a year ago now to talk. He's talked specifically about Ukraine. And when it came to Ukraine stuff, she was still singing the. I've met Vladimir Putin. I interviewed him. He's a bad guy. This is his doing. And, you know, we should be standing up. And Adam Curry was like, no, we 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 overthrew their government in 2014. And Vladimir Putin's had a point basically since the day he became president that NATO has been encroaching on his territory. And, you know, the Donbass is actually a bunch of Russian people who have been at civil war with the power that we put in place in 2014 because that wasn't a democratically elected group of people. We hand selected them. And so they kind of actually invited Russia into the eastern part of Ukraine, all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Even on that, she's backtracking quickly and starting to show like, man, maybe everything, it's kind of what Tucker said the other day, that for, the long, for a long, long time, he was part of the problem and he had an awakening about it and it cost him his job at Fox, apparently. So then he's going to go get in bed with Elon at Twitter, which I'm like... Yeah, which speaking of, let's go ahead because I was pretty much out of steam there. Can we declare me right yet on Musk? Are we there? Uh, uh, he, he selected a lady from the World Economic Forum to be the CEO of Twitter. Yeah, not good. Oh, not good. There's a picture of him floating around from the Met Gala, which first of all, if you're... If your champion of traditional American values is even at the Met Gala, you probably have a problem. Would you agree? Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's wearing a jacket that has, in Latin, New World Order on the back. So that's out there. 
Um, I don't know if it was this year's Met Gala or a previous one. Um, You've always said be very cautious about, yeah, about Elon. And for yeah, good he's reason, supposed because he's supposed to be the most brilliant engineer in the world, and all of his money has come from the United States government. Most of his money comes from the government, and he's committed to fighting climate change by launching rockets into space every day. <coughs> Which one rocket? And by the way, his uh, batteries are built on the backs and that, of right, uh, and he's going to save call the world them? Oh, with artisanal. Yeah mines in the Congo. <laughs> that's right artisanal miner <laughs> get some wine and cheese like and come look at our artisanal mine right it's so great um i have a buddy who actually has a deposit down on his so far fictitious uh cyber truck the the tesla truck two buddies actually douchebags <laughs> they're good guys chris will listen what's up bro he texted this out last night uh, with regard to the Twitter thing, and it was like, was Chiz right all along? And I was like, yeah, it's coming, dude. Elon is not the, uh, he is not your champion. Elon is just a pawn on the chessboard. That's what you always um, said. And I, 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 you know, I, I would bring up good things that he's done. It's like, hey, well, you know, he's endorsing free speech on Twitter. Well, that's great. But then you're like, yeah, but the United States government owns him. Yeah, that's not so great. Oh, right. and now I've put this world economic lady as the CEO of Twitter. Uh, which he's simultaneously transitioning from Twitter into something called X, which is basically a banking app. But that's, I mean, this shouldn't really be a surprise to anyone. He's an Uber elite, and the Uber elites are very scared of losing that power like they want to keep us oppressed in perpetuity right i mean that's an, an uber that's, that's why we, why that maybe that's not why we started that, that isn't why we started this show but ultimately i feel like well, that we is learned what during the course of it what we're bucking at every week is the elites trying to hold us down control 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 by the way chisholm i am halfway through a brave new world so i don't know where you are on that project but i'm taking lots of notes and i'll reading it in. nightly uh, so, I, you know, I go to Africa and I leave Saturday, so there won't be a show next week. Sounds uh, like maybe, you have plenty of time to knock that out, though, huh? Uh, it will be done by the time we get back. Good. So, I, can you commit to having that done as well? Yes, sir. Okay, good deal. It's great. Dude, I'm, I'm enjoying it immensely. Really? By the way. Yeah. And I was telling Aaron, she's like, what is that book that you're reading and taking notes in at night? Because She's like, usually you just play on your phone or watch sports. And I'm like, ah, I'm doing, you know, I've got a work thing. But I don't know if you can call it work since we don't make any money off of this. But I have a project for uh, homework with Chisholm. Charity work. Yeah. And she's like, I read that book in high school. It's I didn't like it. <laughs> like, I think if you read it again and looked at the world that we live in, it might make more sense. Yeah, for sure. Has she read 1984 as an adult? No. She has not. And she reads a lot, but she just, she doesn't. Whatever, what is that, uh, the movie with Ryan got the notebook. That's more of her, her wheelhouse as far as reading material goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, how can you blame her? It's what do you story. want? Ryan Gosling's a beautiful man. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen the notebook once or twice, for sure. I have a feeling that our buddy Elon, much like Prince Andrew, doesn't sweat. I'll leave it at that. So he has scales. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Leathery lizard skin. Uh, yes, dude. 
<sighs> know well, that right that prince andrew actually said on camera one time that he doesn't sweat hmm. yeah I I, the, I could be sweating just sitting here he's the one that's been to epstein's island uh, on a number of number of occasions oh by the way elon most recently in the news since the naming of his new ceo for the fact that the virgin islands have uh subpoenaed him in regards to their um i think criminal case against the epstein island you know it was that epstein's island was in the virgin islands mm-hmm. and apparently the virgin islands are after all those folks huh. um, the original prosecutor that brought the case probably got dead. fired the next day oh. well that's better for him they still lady. alive the lady her they them whatever yeah hmm yeah but he get, so he does just enough dude he is such a pawn he does just enough to keep the right wingers that don't listen to the, this type of programming on his side of the fence but meanwhile he's undermining the whole thing you know here's my new twitter ceo she's really good friends with klaus schwab by the way but most conservatives probably don't connect the dots or even or maybe it's just like oh world economic forum what is that i don't know sounds cool i would bet at least two-thirds of republicans now know full well what the world economic forum is well then we need to get the other third educated on that well but so the problem doesn't end there right just because they know what it is doesn't have any mean they have any idea what it stands for and where its beliefs come from right it's kind of like what i was trying to talk about the other day all of this seems like sheer chaos and a bunch of unfortunate circumstances all coalescing at the same time but unless you read the works of of paulo frieri and um Herbert Marcuse, the guy who started the Frankfurt School and then brought his version of Marxism to the U.S. through the University of Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, unless you read um, Michel Foucault and Jean-Jacques Derrida and all these French psychopaths who were making claims in American u- universities in the 70s that acts of violence and crime are uh, should be should be um, should be embraced they are dude um, by the yeah, counterculture yeah. because they're revolutionary because they're anti-oppression they are uh, no matter mostly, what you do. see mostly peaceful protests right right <laughs> and the grooming of children is a good thing um and we've been writing about that since the 70s and early 80s uh even going as far as an academic having written about how we should have drag queen story hour in 1984 shockingly coincidental on the year and here we are what 40 years later and we have drag queen story hour and everybody's like what where'd that come from i don't understand like Mm. you you have to maybe that's to your point why we're doing this show and what we've learned while we've been doing this show but it's like all of these things are being are coming from the same cabal of people with the same bad ideas and the same base desire um and it's there's so many little battle fronts that it has to be fought on that you know when a guy like elon comes out and he's like freedom of speech above all else it's like yes thank you all right cool don't worry about the fact that i might um let you say all you want on twitter only to then uh regulate down regulate your ability to buy stuff 
with my banking app. You can still yeah. say whatever you want. We'll just know exactly who you are and what you believe. And you'll be flagged accordingly. And right. we'll let you say it until we won't let you say it. And at that point, we will affect you. Elon's not going to be the one that's going to take you to the gulag. Right. But he think, has a, he'll have a government think, contract that lets him funnel the information to the bad guys that are going to. I have a question for he you. He loves his government contracts, doesn't he? He does. He sure does. Depends on him. Uh, I have a question for you. Historically speaking, going back through American history, when do you think... When do you think this started, the cabal? And maybe, and you could say from a global standpoint, or like, yeah, how, this is a terrible movie, but I like it, and it, and I'm thinking about it right now. It's uh, Abe Lincoln, Vampire Slayer, and uh, I'm like, Abe Lincoln was such a badass, and 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 you've got all these vampires who kind of represent for this conversation anyway, the cabal, right? And he's going around and just whacking them. Uh, where where do you think when do you think historically like do you think george washington and those thomas jeffersons of the world or even the dwight d eisenhowers do you think they were part of something like this um i mean these men fought some of these men fought in 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 wars like i don't know I wonder when that, when, it, when or if it changed or if it's just always been that way. Surely not, because they came from Americans came from England as with nothing, nothing. Looking for freedom. And did the Ross? And I'm just spitballing here. You know, I've never really thought about that historically speaking. When did the elites try to take over? February twenty third, seventeen forty four. That's when it started. Okay, well, that's before. That's Pretty specific. Before. Okay, why? Why do you? Why are you giving me that date? Because that is when uh, Meyer or Mayor Amschel Rothschild um, basically created the the Rothschild House and took over the European banking system, which his family still runs to this day. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Tell Between 1792 and 1815, the Napoleonic Wars created great fortune for uh, the Rothschild family and allowed their influence to grow accordingly. And they realized that there was great money to be made in international warfare. And they've been pulling all the strings uh, along with their sort of counterparts and like your, you know, American banks, et cetera, basically ever since. Hmm. And are all of the people like the ones that I just mentioned part like Eisenhower, he's part of this, or do you think that there are outliers throughout history? That's like, nah, I'm more of like for the people for freedom. I think Dwight Eisenhower seems to have been one of those outliers. Um, what he said in 1959 is, is probably the most important speech that's ever been given. Um, about the uh, military industrial complex and the yeah. tyranny of the expert class or however he puts it. Um, but if you think about it, he served the United States in World War II as you know Supreme Commander of Allied Forces for all of the Allies. 
Mm-hmm. So he had certainly had, you know, conducted his share of war and bloodshed and expensive treasure um, and kind of copped to it all once he saw it from the other side as president. So he was a pawn in the game until he could finally see the game. But a guy like that, and I don't know what his his family background, like if he came from wealth or prestige or like, you know, the the Eisenhower name got him into West Point. I have no idea. I don't know what his, I've read his bio, uh, I'm sure, on Wikipedia because I'm fascinated by stuff like that. But I don't know. Like I haven't read the Dwight Eisenhower story. So, but for a dude like that or a dude that you or I are friends with that just joins the military and is successful and as a leader and, and Hey, here's this, this world war, you know, now I'm, you know, ultimately the most powerful person in the most powerful army the world has ever seen. Was he just, was he just an average Joe that was promoted or do you know? And was he- no matter what the organization is, um, you'll hit a ceiling when you no longer are willing to toe the line. Right. I'm seeing it in my own job. Yeah. Not that I'm seeing it. I knew it, but I, I'm, I knew it. I'm seeing it very clearly. Um, yeah. I was actually thinking about this before we jumped on the call. We, we've, we've said before that, that um, you can't stay in power in this country. You can't stay an elected official unless you're willing to sell your soul, right? See, so, Crenshaw. Oh, Dan was sold. He was bought and paid for the day he we've when everybody found out his name, that deal was already done. He was on the inside. Boy, he duped us, though. We liked the pirate before a little bit for sure. But so I might have to jump because I got a safety call that just started. But the my point is, like, whether it's a, a a massive, you know, nationwide corporation or a bureaucracy, or the Department of Defense, or Congress itself. Natural talent will get you to a certain point. And then the question becomes, well, are you a party? Are you a company person or not? Are you a company man? Are you a party man? Mm. Right? How much of your principles are you willing to... Always the party first. That's right. You have to... There will be a moment in time where it's either shut your mouth and comply or you're out yeah right or at a bare minimum will make your life miserable you won't go any further you're stuck here right so the military mm-hmm. you're seeing is full of that right now right now that they've got ibram x Kendi and trans stuff going on <sighs> at the highest levels of the department of defense those men to get to that level sold their souls right meanwhile um, the guys who fought with boots on the ground i'm seeing so many navy seals coming out and be like i didn't risk my life for this shit when talking about the drag, that's right, and, and, that, and then they're and they're out, right? They hit a yeah. wall in their service where they were like, "Oh, this isn't what I thought it was at all." Yeah, right. Those Marines that we had on, those mm-hmm. awesome dudes that we had on, where I was thinking, "Boy, I hope we don't offend these guys by questioning the service, you know, the war that they served in." And the first thing they said was, "Yeah, we thought it was really weird when we got there, and they wanted us to guard poppy fields." That yeah. seemed strange, mm-hmm. and then. You know, those dudes were all over it, right? And guess what? Now they're not in, in the military anymore. The name that came to mind was Devin Nunes, that California representative. Because I was actually listening to a, a podcast talking about this, these most recent revelations um, 
on Durham, right? Yeah. That guy pointed out, we wouldn't know any of what the FBI would have been up to. We wouldn't know any of this corruption, the spying and all that stuff. If one rep in his like second term from California hadn't had the balls to put his foot down and say, we're not doing this. I'm blowing the whistle on this. I mean, if you remember at the time, he was calling secret meetings. He was he he called Trump and Trump officials down to the Capitol building to go into one of those spiff areas, mm-hmm. right? To yeah. review the highly classified intel information that he had, proving all the stuff that six years later the Durham report just acknowledged. It was Devin Nunes, and where is Devin Nunes now? No idea. He didn't run for re-election. He's in private industry now. He was a farmer from the Central Valley in California who threw his hat in the ring, got himself elected, I think served like three terms. This, this reminds me of your HOA thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I did no, it, no and yeah. uh, it sucked, and they all suck, and they are all terrible, both sides, and I'm out. Sure. Right. He served way longer than I thought. 03 to 2022. Okay, so almost maybe you could call that a career politician, but he served long enough to see what he needed to see, and thank God he had the moral fortitude to expose this corruption before checking out. Uh, it looks like third world country Chisholm has dropped the call yet again. Better have some choice words for Spectrum over this uh, over the time that I'm in Africa. Speaking of third world countries, I guarantee you my internet connection in hunting camp will be better than the one Chisholm has at the Cook household. Uh, But that's going to do it for today's presentation for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you guys for tuning in to Justified Pursuit, and we will see you next week.